Welcome back to another edition of Shed Press. I'm here with Jacko again, and we're going to get into round two. How are you doing, Jacko? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, good to be back in the studio again. Uh, yeah, excited to talk some footy. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy week. I mean, la- this time last week, we were so excited going into the round, and uh, it's been a little bit different. We're unsure, you know, what exactly is going to be happening, obviously, with what's going on in the world at the moment. But we are one of the lucky ones. The NRL, uh, at this point in time, seems to be pushing through. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, I think that I think everyone needs to give Tom Greenberg a, a bit of a round of applause for the way he's handled this and uh, Peter Philandis because it's just it's sort of a um, it was a tough decision with a lot of uh, the big sports around the world uh, obviously stopping and or suspending the tournament or the, the the season that they're going to be playing in um, I think the 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 idea that you know we're just going to play with no crowds will be a really good uh, will have a really good effect even though there won't be the crowds for players are trying to be get, get get themselves up on, you know, after they're scoring tries and that sort of stuff. So I think it was a brave move. And I think it'll be a move that, you know, us as fans, we really still want to see the game. It's only been played for one one round and we've just had the whole off-season off. So, yeah, I think it's a really brave move and I think it'll be a move. I hope it's a successful move, but in saying that, I think... Um, I think we still... We haven't seen the worst of this virus yet, so I think that, um, yeah, I think that it'll be a very... It'll be a very weird uh, change of events uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been impressive how they have been in, in contact with us every day. You know, they're having press conferences all the time. Um, you can see across the world globally, obviously, a lot of sports are having to, to close shop, whether they have cases involved or if they're doing it um, for preventative reasons. I know Peter Volantis has said that there's the main priority is player safety. So I think as soon as we do have a player or anyone involved with a club that comes down with a case... They're going to reevaluate the whole situation. Yeah, it, it'll but, be one player that, that that'll. That's the only way I think the whole comp will get shut yeah. down is if one player tested positive. Yeah, and and so he, he made the point that um, player safety is first, and secondly is um, the economic value of the sport. Now, I think it is a bit disappointing. Uh, a few of the things that we've heard that the NRL wouldn't be prepared to close entirely, and that they might go broke within three months. Uh, that's a bit scary considering some of the other sports around the world can survive a lot longer, including the AFL, which is obviously a lot closer to us. One of uh, the good things, though, is that Peter Volantis, uh, he did address this, and he said that uh, he's taking it all on board and he's going to make sure that it's been a wake-up call for the NRL that after this they're going to be prepared the next time something like this happens financially, that they're going to be making sure they have the right moves in place uh, and the right money in the right places. Another good thing that I saw come from their discussions was obviously around the world, and whether it be gambling or, or um, you know, down at your local pub where there's no sports on television, there's no live sports on, on TV, the NRL are rumoured to be discussing, uh, launching discussions with ESPN to take advantage of the global sports suspensions. Obviously, in America, ESPN has a lot of live sports that they're missing out it's on. The number, a lot of, it's the number one. Sports channels, aren't it? Yeah, worldwide, and they're missing out on a lot of content because there's no NBA, no NHL, See, that'd no be, NFL, that'd be, that'd be, no um... baseball, no EPL soccer. So I think the fact that the games recognise, hey, we, we might be able to pull through here. We're, we're in a situation where we can maybe even move uh, further north where the temperatures, are, you're less likely to get the, the, the coronavirus, um, and we can continue going on without crowds so that we can... Uh, still watch the footy on television and broadcast it internationally. I think that's a pretty good move. Well, 
Yeah, as you, as you touched on moving it up north, um, the town they're looking to move it to um, is... Um, we, were, we were stressing about this before the podcast, how you pronounce this town. I hope we get it right. Uh, Calliope, uh, which is in central Queensland. So central Queensland... Um, actually has a, uh, a Queensland Cup team. Uh, so they have an interest Super Cup team, um, the Central Queensland Capras. I think it would be a really great move if they did because it would bring a lot of exposure because uh, the Capras aren't exactly the strongest team um, in, in the Q Cup. They, they often sit around the bottom of the, of the ladder. Um, but I think that you know, taking, the t- taking the whole NRL comp would get a lot of exposure to the town, a lot of money be put into the town because I think... Um, because I reckon what will end up happening is they'll start easing crowds back into it. So at the moment, what is it, 500 people can go in because it's family and friends, is it? Yeah, something like that. Whether or not they do, like, I don't think, you know, people are going to be able to get tickets. But I, I think it'll get to the point where, like, they'll go, you know what, we've been doing 500 for two weeks. Let's try 1,000. Let's try Let's try 2,000. Yeah? And it'll slowly ease back in like that rather than having, you know what, we've done 500 for four weeks. Let, let's just go chuck in, you know, 20,000. Yeah, you know, well, we, we are a long, a long way away from that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah, I'd say you'll probably see restrictions come through in that manner for sure yeah, well, I, I think it'd be a great idea to keep them because I think, I think we've got to keep the game going and it, it's, it's sort of been frustrating uh, listening to and seeing people post saying you know NRL's missed the boat here by because obviously the NBA's had the, had the comp put on pause for a while now um, the NRL hasn't missed the boat they're doing what, what is um, substantial for their, for their benefit because they need, they need the comp to keep, to keep going they need the comp to be played um, they can't, as, as we touched on before, it's three months. We've got a budget of three months after, like, without football before we go bust. You know? Do people want to see there's no game of rugby league? And right now, there's no, a current, there's no current threat. Everyone's doing their best thing possible. Like, no, everyone, like, people are playing. I understand the second a player gets contracted with uh, the virus, we, we cancel it. That's fair enough. But until then, I reckon just play with these empty stadiums and just keep precautions. Like, they were washing the balls at Brookvale Oval. Uh, when they went into the crowds, like that's yeah. how serious they're taking it very seriously. And it's just annoying how many different platforms are trying to tear the NRL down. Well, um, yeah, that, that's entirely it. And I think it's uh, it's also a tricky situation uh, it, with moving the clubs, all the clubs somewhere else. Obviously, the Warriors are doing it right now, and we've already heard that you know they're they're not too happy about it, and that's understandable. If you're away from your families for that long, or, or um, you know even just your hometown, there, a lot of players go to New Zealand. Uh, to play in New Zealand, you know, they might get contracts when they're younger in, in, in Australia and then they want to go home and finish in New Zealand to f- play in front of their families. And that's they're not getting that opportunity now. Well, how, and, how would that affect the NRL if the Warriors were to pull? Well, to affect the co- competition-wise, you're, you're just every other team that has to verse to the Warriors. Yeah, they're going to buy that round when they verse the Warriors. Um so that's so basically, if if the Warriors go, even miss one or two games, they forfeit the season because uh, it's then it it's it. unfair yeah, for the for other, other teams. teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, I I, I think it's pro- it's probably a real thing that the Warriors might actually have to look at forfeiting twenty twenty, which is disappointing for them and their fans. And uh, obviously, they're going to take a financial hit, just like a few of the other, or all the other NRL clubs are. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know about the move of, of getting everyone, you know, uh, obviously isolating everyone up north is, is a good idea. Like if you're talking about just defeating the, um, avoiding the coronavirus, but it's, it's going to take a toll on the NRL teams, definitely. Yeah, like it's, in all honesty, you know, like the, how I sort of see it is, I sort of see it as the Warriors are playing in a competition that's based in Australia, right? They're the only team 
um, in Australia. It'd be different if it was a 50-50 split with New Zealand and Australia. I, I get they got young families. I get that. I get that some of them got babies and that sort of stuff. They're more welcome to send home, right? Yeah, but there's, 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 you know, there's, there's 30 people in a squad. You know, they're, they're, I'm sure there's someone else waiting in the ranks to take their spot. Obviously, the borders are slowly getting shut down, so they need to make the decision quick. But I, I feel like it should be up to the Warriors to say, you know what, we're going to stay, we're going to buy into this, we're going to stay in this country. We, and the NRL put a little bit more funding in their back pocket um, to keep them in the country because it's a lot easier to keep them in the country um, than to send everyone else back to bloody New Zealand, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they, they, I feel like they've got to do a little bit more here. Um, unfortunately, it, it's, just, it's just the way it goes because they are obviously based out of New Zealand and... It, I think that'd be the best option possible for him. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, look, we'll, we'll see more of that unfold over the next couple of days, and I guarantee by the time we get to our podcast next week, uh, it'll, it'll, the whole situation is going to be a, a lot different. Now, let's get into the footy. So, on the the opening round, uh, we had Bulldogs versus Parramatta. Uh, I wanted to talk about Lachlan Lewis. I thought it was uh, it was impressive the effort he showed, and that was across the whole Bulldogs team. Uh, it defensively, side, aren't they? defensively, they were putting it on. Um, there was contact, solid contact from the get-go. Uh, one thing I noticed about Lachlan Lewis is, and it was, it was the same across the whole Bulldogs as well, is that they were playing really flat uh, in their attack, which does work well when you've got block runners and, and people running inside you, which the Bulldogs did have most of the time, uh, which meant that their fronties were doing a lot of off-the-ball work. So Napa and Tolman were working either side of the ball. And uh, and I don't know, I guess when they got into attacking situations, it sort of was just like they didn't really have much more to offer um, with Lachlan and Lewis playing so flat. Uh, they were definitely looking to go around the middle and you saw them find a few holes at different points in the game um, with Hopawati and, and Wateni Zelezniak off the back. Um I don't know. Do, do you think that this is a good game plan moving forward, keeping Locke and Lewis so flat? I don't know. I, I sort of... Uh, I, I was at work when I was watching the game, so I sort, of caught, I sort of caught the last 20 minutes of the first half and I caught the first 10 of the second half and I was sort of browsing through it. From what I saw, the Bulldogs are just going to be a side that will, will, will make it... Like, I don't know if you remember the Cronulla Sharks of 2016. How... Yeah. how, how the game, every game they played wasn't a ridiculously high level of quality football. Like it, like they dragged you down to their level to play. And I yeah. think I think you'll find that the Bulldogs are going to be a side that'll like if you're scoring, you know, if you're scoring, you know, sixteen, they're going to try and score eighteen. You know, they're not going to try and flog you yeah. by any means. That they're going to drag you down to a game that suits their style. And in all honesty, like it really shocked me. Like Dylan Napa, um, when 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 Regan when he when he hit Regan Campbell Gillard and Regan did you see that when Regan Campbell Gillard dropped the ball yeah and they tried to captain challenge it the Bulldogs got around each other so quickly you know into that yeah. I remember thinking like, the time thing this is a really like that they're trying to bring back the Dogs of War like you yeah know, that early 05, 04, you know era where they were really dominating I think they're really getting back there I think they're just going to be a side that'll just drag you down and I think um, Lachlan Lewis, I think he, he's going to slowly evolve because um, I feel like he, might, he may have a few uh, different halves partners. Obviously, Kieran Foran sitting in the ranks uh, looking to come back and I think it'll change up his game a little bit but I think he's a young footballer that's still developing and I think, I think, I think he needs to take a little bit of depth sometimes. Um, he, do, he does when he's kicking and when he's kicking he has all the time in the world yeah. and the Bulldogs all, all get back with him as well. They're, they're working really well off him so he's the key. Um, and as long as his effort's high, I think they'll be fine. Uh, the point you made about the Sharks, I mean, I, I don't see the bull. I don't see the Bulldogs like that team. 
they're, they're not, not going to good as, as talented wide wise with the ball. But what I mean is that well, they they're not going to put teams. Down. Nah, well, that that team blew teams off the park all the year. Sharks. Yeah, that year the they Sharks, were dominant. The, they, I, I was I was watching a couple of their games in in the off season, and and Chad Townsend spoke on Fox League about it. And he was saying that he there were games throughout that year where. He'd be looking outside, and obviously Val Holmes and Jack Burr were outside, and they'd yeah. be giggling when they they were down by four points, and it'd be yeah. ten minutes to go, and he'd be like, "What well, you know? What the fuck he is doing? What he's laughing about?" Yeah. And they'd look at him and say, "Cause cause a cucumber, mate. We're gonna fucking win. We're gonna yeah. win this game." And, and exactly. they, they usually would win, and he just yeah. They went. They it's went, not that's not what the this Bulldogs team is. They're not confident like that at they're all. They're not, but like they're, they're, they're gonna grind down. out. They're gonna grind out yeah. wins. It's not. It's not that they're dragging teams down. They're suffocating them and trying to limit their opportunities through their defence. So that Paramount team, they're going to come up against the Titans this weekend. And if the Titans don't aim up like that, Titans I mean, the they, Param- Paramount's got, uh, got attacking weapons all across the field. They're going to put them away. Titans are, Titans are in all sorts this week. I, I, I said it in the last podcast before the last round. I don't see what the Titans see, what they're telling the media, what they're trying to portray that they're doing and what they've done. I don't see that at all, and I didn't see it in the game just gone. I know it's early stages, and I know you build into the season, but half the team looks like they're, they're disinterested. That, that's the thing for me is that a lot of the team – I'm going to mark out a few. So you've got Jai Arrow. He, he's, gonna, he, he's, he's the heart and soul of the team, and they've let him go. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, AJ Brimson looking to come back. He's another player they need to try and hang on to who also gives his all. Milwaukee Fudawaka also gives his all. There's a lot of passengers in that team in that team that are just there, I feel like, for the pay packet and the happy lifestyle up here. Um, and a lot of players that I think will drift in and out of cup from that from that football team. And I think they if they don't be smart against some of these big teams and the better teams like Parramatta and your Melbournes and your Roosters, Raiders, like you, we saw on the weekend, they got absolutely smoked, you know, in the yeah. end. Well, uh, well, we'll get into that game now for sure. So Titans versus Raiders. Now Interesting. I want to make a point first. Is that they they like they were the opposite of the Bulldogs and Parramatta. They lacked effort from the get go, and I'm it, it, hoping it I'm hoping it's not a pattern because when they in their trial game against the Broncos a few weeks ago, it was the exact same thing. So they started slow. Twenty minutes in, they got going, and then they ended up putting on twenty eight points and, and beating the Broncos. But um, when they come up against Canberra Raiders, it was the first try that Jack Whiten scored, and I'll let you touch on Jack Whiten in a minute. It, they were defending their line, and you had Ash Taylor, the halfback at A defender there, and Bryce Cartwright was in at marker. And they were, the Raiders played the ball about eight metres out from the line. And when, you, when you're defending your line like that, your, your marker and your A defender have to tie in together and lock up that centre just behind the ball there. Ash Taylor shot out. At, at Jack Whiten, Bryce Cartwright didn't do any work at all. He kind of jogged, was jogging back towards the line. So then there was a massive hole there, and Jack Whiten just stepped off his left foot and straightened up. And yeah. a big, rangy uh, 5'8", like running 5'8", like that, is going to take advantage of that every time. So I don't know what, what they were thinking defensively that put it, rushing up and putting pressure on Jack Whiten to make a pass was going to do because every day of the week he's going to step and straighten up and go straight through that hole, which is what they... He did. He did that twice. Um, so I think I think Ash Taylor's just trying to get up off the line because when you're defending your line, it's, it's a common thing with coaches. You're trying to take space, so you do have that, yeah. that space to work with. Exactly. Um, but in saying that, 
you sort of want to position yourself on on his inside shoulder, so he, he doesn't have that opportunity, and you can, yeah. you can sort of get into him. And you, you, if you're going to run up like that, 100, percent you, you've you got to have you, your markers yeah. working for sure, and, especially and from a defender. Well, one, it was a one-on-one tackle that he actually never looked like making, and I just oh, I saw it at the time, and I just thought, man, that is just it, it's it's. It's a team. It's not him. It's a. It's a team. It's a team effort. It's it's a team culture they've got going there. He stepped inside. There was no one else there to back him up. It's it's yeah. And I feel sorry. I I hate bagging players that have the media already dragging them down. But it just Ash Taylor just look. I I, we keep talking about you know he's got the potential to do this potential to do that. He's not a rookie no more. He won rookie of the year two thousand sixteen. Like he's not not a rookie. He's here to do a job. He's here on a good wicket. Um, well, I'd be very surprised if he re-signs. How long? When's he, when's he off contract? Do you know? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think he signed for a fair few years. Yeah, I'm um, pretty so sure. So it'll be this year or next year. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he re-signed, especially. Like, and then you've got Jamal Fogarty sitting in Queensland Cup, who, yeah. who got man of the match in the first game and absolutely brained it. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know um, where the Titans are going to go with that, but... Well, while we're touching on the the game, the Raiders Titans game. Just before we get into that, I'll just uh, want to talk about Ash Taylor again, real quick. I think moving forward, he does have a few things that he can immediately fix this weekend. Now, their fifth tackle options on, on the weekend. I don't know if it was a game plan or anything like that, whether they wanted to run the blind on on the fifth tackle, but. Three times they ran down the short side and he passed it to Bryce Cartwright real early who ended up kicking it. Three times he did that, kicked it for nothing. And on the left side of the field, Tyrone Roberts took off and um, passed it to Tyrone Peachy who ended up kicking it twice. I think going into the weekend, defensively the Titans need to put together a big effort but Ash Taylor needs to take advantage and take control of that fifth tackle option and, uh, and just focus on his kicking games. If that's something he wants to do for the weekend, then he needs to focus on just kicking. Mm, definitely. I think, I think it's sort of he's just got to focus on the fundamentals. I don't think he's that player um, exactly that, that, you know, is going um, is gonna, to is gonna do that freakish stuff just at the moment that we know he does have in him and he, has, he did show tendencies in. Um, I think he's definitely going to be just a player that needs to focus on the fundamentals and doing those fundamentals uh, perfectly right. You know, obviously the kicking, short kicking game, long kicking game. Like he's just if he's passing, he's passing to someone that's in a better position than what he is, and he's making his tackles. You just got to simplify it for him at this point. Absolutely, yeah. So as long as he's getting the ball in his hands on the on the last, and he's making the decision, um, I'm happy with whatever happens this weekend for Ash Taylor. Um, yeah, so I, I might yeah, go into that Jack White, and I was in all I, when I was watching that Titans Raiders game. I was actually at a Bucks party at the time. We had the TV at the back, and we all just kept saying to each other, "This dude, like, I feel like everyone's sort of forgotten about him. Forgotten about him, like, ever since the, even though he did get Clive Church, oh yeah, Clive Churchill, uh, medal in the yeah. game final. Um, Jack White, and now his. He seems to have come back with a hungry attitude. Like, he's, re- he's ready to rock and roll for this year. I yeah. know, he, and, and it's an awesome success story, and I love hearing about these success stories, with especially, you know, players that have done a little bit bad. Um, Jack White, a few years ago, probably wasn't the media's favourite person. Uh, media, he was a very easy write-up. He was a very easy target for him. He's now changed his whole way around. He's, he's, a, he's a proud Indigenous man. Uh, he had a great game uh, in the All-Stars game. Yep. Um, I think that he's he's only going to get better as well. I think he's 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 that he's really owning that number six jersey. Um, he's another one's going to go in the mix for Origin, uh, whether it happens throughout the year or at the end of the year. But yeah. he's another one's going to go in the mix for that six jersey. 
He he's 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 so big and he's so strong. How 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 heavy is he? He'd be he'd be pushing I'm not sure. easily. I'll, I'll look kilos. it up real quick. But he's um yeah, I, I think he's probably put on more muscle like, across he, he, the shoulders. He's looking and the, bigger and, the and he's looking fitter. He looks like he's re- he looks like he's a little bit faster um, than he has been. He, and he looks like he's just a little bit more ready to go. And I just think he's um. I think he's in for a massive year. So he's, so he's 93 kilos yeah. and he's 189 cents. So he's a tall boy. So six foot two, 93 yeah, he's a big, kilos. He's a big 5'8". Man, he looks seriously um, like he's put some serious size on. Um, yeah, but I, I think he, he was just so impressive for me. He scored three tries and you know, he, just his, his long kicking game is, is what really gets me as well because he, he's yeah. a left footer as well. Yeah. You know, and also George Williams. Um, I think that's a really good partnership because I was a bit skeptical because George Williams... I was told he was a runner of the football, and it clear, he clearly is a runner because he yeah. made a few line breaks. Um, I was very worried on how that was going to work, but it just looks like they're both going to run first, and that's what you want out of your halves, yeah. and, but they've also got a, a shoe behind them. And with George Williams, he's a right footer. Jack's a left footer, so you've got that natural um, cohesion on both sides. Yeah. It is a really natural game flow. And I, I'm, Raiders are a side that I really I really enjoyed watching them, and I look forward to watching them throughout the year as well. For sure. And, and their pack their pack was laying an awesome oh, base for them, for those they? halves to work from. And they've only got Bateman to come back as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got a few more to come back. So yeah, I think it's an exciting time for Canberra Raiders. They, they've picked up from uh, where they left off, that's for sure. Um, now... You wanted to touch on the dragons. Oh. I, 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 yeah, I wanted to talk to them because they were my... I was, we were going to have a thing with disappointment of the week, but I don't think there's too many dis- disappointment uh, things that we didn't expect. Yeah. I think the dragons... Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a diehard dragon supporter, but they were, they're, they're a very hard team to watch and support at times. Especially, there was... They, they scored in the first, what, 60 seconds of the game on the weekend? Yeah, it was 70 seconds like was ridiculous close, yeah. with a penalty try. They they serious they, they all they lack is that final bit of polish. It's like they set the whole play up and then it's literally just one little thing, one bad pass, one bad kick that just throws the whole play. And I think they were, they were leading that they were driving that they were steering that game throughout the whole match. Yeah, they they, they were leading from, from from the front. They they there wasn't a time throughout the whole match until the last twenty minutes that I thought, shit, dragons dragons need to pick their game up. It was only until uh, was it it was it was Joey no it was Luciano Lalo that scored. Um, yeah, he scored that try, and that seemed to put you know the knife through the dragons, and then dragons. They had two options in the last uh, ten minutes, where Tyson Frizzell went through. Um, they had, and, and he looked almost certain to score. They had Ben Hunt who went through and couldn't get the pass away. They just lack that final bit of polish, and I hope it's something that they can ease into through the season. But yeah, it seemed to be they picked up where they left off with that final bit of execution. Yeah, well, with the dragons, the thing is, you look at their roster on paper and. They've got, a, they've got an decent, origin yeah, side. Yeah, like they've right. got like an origin pack. Their halves combination of uh, Corey Norman and Ben, ben Hunt. Hunt. Like, like yeah, it's uh, Tyson Frizzell. I think they, they, they'll win some games. They're not def- They're definitely not the worst team in the comp. But I think they're going to be on the outside of that top eight for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, game of the round. Uh, we'll start off with yours. Um, actually, no, you kicked yours off. I was very interested to see what yours was. We yeah, all right. We'll get in one then. All right, so I enjoyed the Cowboys versus Broncos. Yeah. It's always a good clash between those two, and the new stadium opening in Townsville, I thought, added just an that extra bit, bit of flavor. Yeah. And it was a real change of the guard for the Broncos as well, who, who were led out by Brody Croft and Paddy Carrigan, uh, two real young fellas uh, leading the, the great Broncos club. Um... I thought Val Holmes, he, he impressed me. I know a lot of people said that he'll pick up from where he left off, 
which he did. There was a few times where he might have forced the pass He's a bit too far. He's timing on a couple of things. I yeah, think, which is which is like, expected. You know, that was that was always going to happen. Yeah, um, when but he uh, overall, for sure, he definitely uh, definitely turned it on. So I enjoyed that game. I I was impressed with Paddy Carrigan. I thought he held the Broncos middle together really well. Um, and it wasn't until he went off that the Cowboys started scoring around the outside of them uh, from a bit of uh, you know defensive areas where people where Corey had to rush in and a few different things. I thought Paddy Carrigan did a good job of tying that together. Um, and then you had Brody Croft as well, who was you know the half the halfback that the Broncos have been looking for supposedly yeah. um, when they signed him. Uh, and I think he did his job. He he controlled the kicking, him yeah, and Milford, but he, yeah. he got him around the park and they played off, playing off the back of that forward pack. I mean, you being a halfback, and you're playing off the back of Payne Haas, um, David Fafita, Paddy Carrigan, Flegler. Fangoy. Yeah, like, you know, they're going to have a field day out there. So I was excited by what I saw from the Broncos and I think, uh, yeah, that was definitely my game of the round. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that game um, as well. Also, I was at the Bucks party for that one as well. It was um, it was a bit, sort of a, a game that because I, I, I like watching the Broncos because it's they're they're a young side and you know the, like Payne Haas and Fafita, you know they were around my age group as well. So I, I sort of watched them you know, go from like 14s, 15s, you know, yeah. opens to NRL to Origin. So it's, I enjoy watching them, and especially when they're both killing it. You know, Dave Fafita, the way he stood up Val Holmes after making that break, yeah, <laughs> mate. He is something else, isn't he? He's he's yeah. he's in for a cracker of a year. I Strong I really fast. would not be surprised if he if he owns that that number twelve jersey for Queensland. Um, oh, I think it's his. Well, I who, mean, who did they had there last year? They had Felice Kafusi and well, they play him and Felice Kafusi play on different sides of the field. So who was your back row for Queensland? It was Gillett. Gillette, but yeah. Gillett's uh, retired now, so it's, it's David Fafita's jersey. Well, you got Gav Cooper there as well. I don't know. I think Gav Cooper may have had his time, but you know, yeah, I, I feel like Kevin Walters wouldn't mind having that bit of experience. But nonetheless, it was a great game. Um, really enjoyed it. But my my game of the round, uh, Brando, was the Storm Manly game because it was one of the only games that I sat down. Because when I watch footy with mates, I tend to. Obviously, like what we are now, I, I tend to chat a little bit throughout the game and that sort of stuff. And sometimes yeah, and you definitely hi- hype yourself up on, yeah, on yeah, definitely. what you're seeing. You don't see a bit deeper sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Manly, I watched, I watched the Manly-Melbourne game, the full game, and I watched the Dragons-Tigers game, the full game. Um, that just appealed. I remember watching that game, and I think a lot of myself, it would not, we will see, we'll see both these teams in September. I've got no doubt about it. Yeah. They may even end up versing each other for a spot in a grand final. I, yeah. I think that's how far both teams are going to go. But... What really stood out to me was the fact that it was a real defensive game because it, it was a wet game down in Manly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a real defensive game, but you can clearly see that the Melbourne Storm system of we'll defend our way out of this has still stuck there. Manly peppered their line for so many sets, could not crack them. And um, I just think Cameron Smith controlled the game, you know, like he always does, like, like he's the... He he just he just controlled the game at a ridiculously well pace and it was and the score ended up being eighteen four you know two penalty goals to Ruben Garrick and obviously um, Vernavale getting a double um, it was just yeah. it was just a typical Melbourne Storm performance where it was the master Cameron Smith you know running around orchestrating the show every player just seemed to fall in line a few players were a bit rusty Cam Munster a bit rusty Josh Adakar was a bit quiet but. First game of the round, and especially in those games, you sort of want your middle to sort of do the talking because it's you don't want to throw the ball too wide in wet weather footy. Um, you sort of yeah. got to play a bit of wet weather footy, and um, it was just in, to me it was it was, a, it was a, I love the defensive side of rugby league. 
a bit more than the attacking, to be honest. I, yeah. I find a really good defensive effort is very hard. It's so much harder to put together than an attacking effort. Yeah. Because you have to re- repeatedly turn up. And it's such an attitude defence. And I yeah. think Melbourne Storm will be such a hard team to verse because you just know they're not going to turn away. Everyone just turns up for each other. And I think that was... That was why that was my game of the round. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's an interesting point you make. I mean, I, I don't know if it was at the fault of Melbourne's excellence or, or anything like that, but they, when I was watching that game, uh, Manly, I, d- I didn't feel like they were in the ge- like They were in the game for sure, but when it was really tight, I just felt like Melbourne had that edge the whole time. Yeah. Like They were just waiting to Well, you pop. see, the first two tries sort of came from just a bit of eyes up and Munster just throwing a footy in the corner and Vernavalli getting good bounces, you know? Yeah. Was, it was really a really good effort um, from Melbourne to be able to pull that together because there wasn't a try scored in the first half. No, no, it, it, was, it was it was two tight. four. It was two four at half yeah. time, and Melbourne to come out, you know, put on three tries and one half footy and hold out. You know, I think that was a very strong performance by them, and I think that sets the standard of yet again Melbourne Storm post Cronk post Slater. They're still turning up, and I think that's a really exciting to, exciting year for Melbourne. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, now we'll we'll move on to the next round. Um, we're going to go through... Oh, we'll start off with my best bet for the round. And I've got Panthers minus four versus the Dragons. So I think they'll beat the Dragons and they'll beat them by more than four points. So you can get even money for that one um, if you want to have a bet. Now, we'll go through our tips. So... we got uh, round one. we got dogs... Uh, the first game, dogs versus cows. Yeah, I'm going to go with... This is a hard one for me. Um, I was impressed with the Bulldogs. And I was impressed stadium. with the Cowboys. The thing with the sta- like the stadiums is we've got to take into account there's no fans in the crowd. There's this is no- going to be a daunting game. It's uh, going to be different. 80,000 capacity stadium with no one in it, you know. It's, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it'd be good to... I don't know. It's going to be a good challenge. What's, it's going to be a really good challenge for the players. If I was a coach, I'd say, you know what, you know, def- we need to worry about all our defence, attack, you know, all our game plans. We have in structures and, and that sort of stuff in play. But I want to challenge you guys today to be get around each other on every opportunity you can. We're going to keep the same energy as if this crowd was full. Yep. Um, even though there's no one in the crowd. It's going to be a challenge to you boys. You guys are going to put on a show. And that, that's your challenge of the week. Don't worry about you know defense, attack. We can work that out throughout the season. But let's get around each other after everything. You, you put a big hit on. I want to see everyone jumping in. You know, had last player in. You know, penalties. You know, just I'd, I'd have stuff like that. You know. Yeah, well, you've got to try and... I mean... It's uh, yeah, they've got to try and keep that intensity without the influence of the crowd. But I, I don't think teams are going to have an issue with that because once the whistle blows, it's like it's, you know you're, you're, in you're just zone. in, yeah. yeah. But um, I just say they don't just, even hear the crowd, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, well, for this one, I'm gonna. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Yeah, the cows. I'm going on the dogs. I think. The, I think the travel down. I think the empty stadium. I think you know they had such a big hype around the first game last year, last week, and they couldn't even get the job done. Then, I think. Um, I think they're going to. They're going to lack. That final touch, okay. Um, until about maybe round ten, yep. until Val Holmes has got you know a couple, a few months under his belt, back in the NRL, back up to speed, and um, yeah, their structures around Val Holmes will really start taking off then. Yeah. So I, I've just got dogs, and I think dogs will just be a nitty gritty. I think it'll be a very low scoring game. Mm-hmm. I reckon it'll be able to be about twelve six, you know, something like that. Can't see yep. any points in it. All right, easy. Um, next one, Dragons versus Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Yeah, I've got the Panthers too. I think the Dragons after last week and the Panthers after last week. Panthers were just a class act against the Roosters. Yeah. They, they they weren't panicking. A player we didn't touch on. I remember thinking throughout this throughout the week. I wanted to bring it up to you. Nathan Cleary's maturity throughout this season, which I watched throughout the nines, the way he's holding himself. He's not a little kid no more. He's not the teenage prodigy. He's now the the Penrith halfback, the New South Wales halfback. And yeah. He's, he's really owning that role. And I think 
his decisions on the field are starting to become like mature. Like he's starting to take a few risks and a few t- chances. And I'm, I'm really impressed with Nathan Cleary at the moment. Yeah, well, well, like we said last week, I mean, he's played a few Origin games now at, at halfback, and, and this is his year where he's got to... You know, he's really got to make that jump, eh? Yeah, really got to make that jump. And I, think and, he's he's, and I don't doubt that he's going to skip skip a beat. Um, and obviously, you know, they got the win last weekend. Uh, next game... Bronx Rabbits. Broncos and Rabbits. Um, so, Wayne Bennett versus Anthony Seabold. I know, obviously, that gets talked no, up a lot. No I don't know how much... Ball. No crowd at Suncorp, wow, yeah, wait. that's going to be different because, you know, one Broncos edge of the Broncos... Best, yeah, probably, Broncos probably get the best crowds in the comp, would you say? What, 30,000? Yeah, 30, by a mile, 30, it's not even, not even close. So there's probably going to be, I know there's going to be a couple, I know a guy that watches the podcast, uh, I'll give him a quick shout out, Jimmy, I work with him, he's a big AFL fan, he'd be laughing at these crowds. Um, <laughs> yeah, screw you, Jimmy, 40,000, yeah. get that into you. Yeah, well, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Broncos on this one just because of their forward pack last week. I'm gonna give them. You give the them, edge. you go on them. Yeah, yeah. I've gone bunnies. Um, I think we only saw glimpses of what they can do last week. I think that the Broncos forward pack will still be good. Um, I just think that you know the bunnies are gonna start utilizing their outside backs, and I think they could burn a few of the young Bronx. Yeah, cool. All right, well, uh, now let's move on to the, Raiders and Warriors at Seabus Super Stadium. Yeah, just Home around game the corner. For Warriors, yeah, geez. Literally we're looking at the at the stadium from from the studio. Yeah, in uh, my backyard <laughs> you can you can actually see Seabus Super Stadium. So Yeah, so well that's gonna be because there's two games at Seabus. So there's one Saturday two, at two o'clock and then you got the Titans there Sunday over. Yeah, yeah. Um who you got? Uh I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I think it's a, an obvious it's a given, one here. Yeah, I'm yeah. with the Raiders as well. After last week, yeah, they put the Titans to bed pretty Pretty convincingly, and, and um, I think the Warriors were very disappointing uh, being scores in Newcastle last week. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, just we're, like we touched on earlier, the week that the Warriors have had is obviously gonna, not going to help them out too much. Um, yeah. Well, we'll they, lost, the they lost who? They lost Justin Horror. And who was the other guy that went home? Uh, I'm not too Horror. sure. Yeah, the two guys went home for family reasons, you know. Um, one's just had a just had a baby and needs to be there to look after and that sort of stuff, which is understandable, but yeah, I just think that it's playing with their heads, and I think... Warriors are pretty good with finding easy easy excuses on, on why they can't do things, and I think that'll be another one of the excuses they could be chucking in the bag. Well, uh, let's move on to the next one. Roosters and Manly. Who you got? Uh, I'm just going to go with... I think it's going to be... This is probably one of the harder rounds, games to pick. Well, Roosters are the favourites. They're $1.50 to Manly two fifty. Yeah, so that's not a bad price for Manly because, I mean... Oh, mate, definitely. The Roosters... The Roosters are obviously there. Everyone wants wants their head, and and we saw last week. Yeah, they're the hunted now. Yeah, they're they're a little bit. They're going to be a little bit tired for the first couple of rounds. But um, yeah, I, I went with the Roosters anyway. I think the Roosters might have too much class. Uh, and from what we saw with Manly against Melbourne, is is if the Roosters stay in the fight, I don't well, know if Manly they'll, they'll end up getting him. But yeah, Manly. The thing with Manly though is that it becomes a psychological factor when you're a team that. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say mainly build their game around defense, but they're really good defenders. But they're a team that needs to see points on the scoreboard to get hungry because it, it's like it really, it really it really weighs on. I think Cherry Evans and Cody Walker when they're doing all this attacking and they're looking up the scoreboard and it's not ticking over and it's like Jesus, like how, how are we going to get our points here? And especially yeah. when Melbourne got that try with Vinavale on the weekend, mm-hmm. it really took the life out of Manly. And then obviously Melbourne went on to put on a couple more. So yeah, I've, however, I've gone Manly. Yep. I'm going Manly in this game. I'm going to be a close one. Uh, Leichhardt Oval um, is the venue. 4.30 Saturday. I reckon it's set up for a Manly uh, victory. I think Roosters will still be carrying themselves. Yep. I don't know um, I don't know how they're going to go 
Um, they still don't have uh, Boyd Cordner back. He's still out. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I think Manly. Yeah, uh, looking very promising. I think they'll get him this week. All right, um, and then we go to Storm sh- Sharks twenty sixteen Grand Final replay. Yeah, and uh, and ever since that season, these two these, these games two teams have been, have been absolute crackers, haven't they? Yeah. Um, however, though, it does because what it seems to be at the moment it doesn't matter with like these Shark Storm clashes. It doesn't seem to matter what sort of team Sharks are fielding. They seem to always put up a good fight against um, Melbourne. Um, it's at uh, Natalshus Jubilee Stadium, so the Sharks obviously have been kicked out of Shark Park for renovation, so they're pretty much playing at Dragons uh, home ground. Yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see uh, Sharks playing there, but I I, I just can't see uh, Storm going down, especially after last week's performance, even against the Sharks. I, I just think that Storm would just be too strong. Yeah, Storm too good for me as well. Um, Knights and Tigers, so I'm gonna stand loyal, surely. Yeah, no, and I think they're the better team as well. Yeah, I think Newcastle. I've, I've got Knights too. Okay, yeah, I think Newcastle. Will it's a dollar ninety a piece on this one uh, at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, bear in mind, also, guys, I don't know if anyone knows this, but all the games are on every platform. Um, yeah, this week, so which is nine good. KO Foxtel Life Pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, not all the games. Nine misses a few, but nine misses a few, but yeah. they're still they're pretty much on every other. Yeah. Um, um, well, then we come out to the Titans and Eels. Para thirteen plus. Um, <laughs> I'm, I I I serious. I can't. Yeah. I I can para after their performance on the weekend. It was a scrappy, gritty performance where Reed Marnie sealed the game and with what that one try and that was sort of you know that's all she wrote. Yeah. If Eels come into this one with the same intensity, um, they'll play. They'll if they yeah. if they play the same way they played against the Dogs, which is I think that's probably about a six out of ten for them. Yeah. I think if they play that same way, they'll beat Titans about maybe. 18-6 or something like that. I well, think if they play anything better, I think they're going to blow them off the park. I think, uh, for me, I, I'm going with the Eels. I'm just looking forward to seeing what the Titans do in the first 20. That's going to be the biggest thing for me that I'm going to take from it. Um, I just want to see how the Titans perform in the first 20. Yeah, definitely. So, um, now, Jacko, you've got something oh, for yes, me. Mate. He wants to put me under, no, under yeah, a bit I, of pressure with I, a repeat set. Yeah, so, so I, I basically... I. I I had this debate with a mate. I'll give this dude a shout out as well. Big fan of the podcast, Corey, Corey Chopper Walker. Me and him had this debate the other night. Uh, you're picking, Brandon, for you, you're picking a top 17 in the NRL to go and verse the Super League top 17. Okay. Uh, so everyone's available yep. in the NRL. Who is your nine? Who's your hooker? Cameron Smith. Um, for me, without doubt, or are you double? Are you double think? Like double guessing yourself? Oh, do I do I go Cook? Do I go Cook? I wasn't even thinking Cook. I was thinking Josh Hodgson was my second. Oh, wow. yeah, because I just thought Josh Hodgson. I mean, we're versing the Super League. The dude, know like he's played in that comp before. Yeah. Um, Damian Cook's a great player, but he's uh he's not on Cameron Smith's level. He's not yet, is he? No. He's, and well, he, I mean, like, I don't think we're gonna like we're not gonna see. It's not a yet. Like we'll never see that. When like Damian Cook. He's he's at a level where the the hookers of the past like Robbie Farah, Mick Ennis, Danny Badiris, they they're all going to peak at, at you know at that level. They, yeah. they, I don't think we're going to see anyone well, I, go I past think, that level. Yeah, I I think he's I think Damian Cook's a great player as well. But the debate I was having was you're not when you're playing Cameron Smith, you're not when you're not you're not just you're not if you pick him in your team, you're not just gaining a hooker. You're yeah. gain, you're gaining a, you're gaining a captain. Yeah. You're gaining a goal kicker. You're getting a guy that can kick left and right foot. So he's not just he's not just screwing you with his kicking game on the right side. He's screwing you with his kicking game on the left side as well. Yeah. He's he, he goes into halfback. He plays yeah. first receiver a lot as well when Brandon Smith does come into the game. Yeah. 
He's he's a mentor to all the young boys. It just there's I could go on and on and on. My thing with Cameron Smith is I think he's probably the best player we've seen. I don't think we've seen a player control a game the way he has. That, that's the key is control. The the main difference between the two that you're talking about is Damian Cook's game is about getting quick play the balls, jumping out from hooker and going, and giving yeah. good ball to Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker when they need it. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot, a lot of uh, the Rabbitohs attack does come through the middle with Damian Cook. Yeah. But uh, if you're talking about you know, winning, winning a game of football, Cameron Smith is going to be controlling every single part of the field, even, even down to his conversations with the referees. Now, I know he gets cops a lot of slack for that, but when you hear him talk about the way he talks to referees, and he, he says... Mm. He says, you know, that's so my job as a ca- yeah, he says my job as the captain is is to is to talk to the referee and sort things out with him. And it's not like he's uh, he's taking advantage of them. He's yeah. um, you know he's doing his job. See, he, he, the thing is as well with me is that Damien Cook, I find, is a great is, he's a great footballer, but uh, I think in games when he's not getting those quick play the balls and it's a really tight game, we've seen it in a couple of Origins. Obviously, Origins are much higher level. Yeah, but. I think he struggles to get himself into the game when he's not getting off the back of those quick play the balls. Whereas I think Cameron Smith will find a way in every game. Like on the weekend, it looked like it wasn't going to be a game that got broken open, and all of a sudden Cameron Smith is just chucking. You know, he chucked a grubber through. You yeah, know, I think it was Pappenhausen that scored. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, it wasn't Pappenhausen. One of their benchies. Anyways. Um, oh, it was yeah. um, Tom Eisenhuth. I think he scored yeah, his yeah. first oh, NRL yeah, that's try. That's it, Tom Eisenhuth. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just he, he gets himself involved in the game in a ways that hookers haven't really got involved in the games before. He's just, a, he's almost the complete player. And I was listening to um, Darren Lockyer, Brad Fittler, and Joey Johns talk about it. And they all agreed that if Cameron Smith really wanted to, if, if, he came, if the big bosses of Melbourne County said, Cameron, we need to win this grand final, say they make the grand final this year, we need to win this grand final, you need to make that happen. They have, they have no doubt in their mind that if he really wanted to win the game, he would 100% win the game. He, he, has, yeah. he just has that much of, a, of, a, of, an influence of, of, of an influence and that much of a power over the team to say let, let's go and and you you'll find a lot of those young players at Melbourne when whatever Cameron Smith says that that that's exactly what like that's what fucking goes it's not yeah. it's not you know anything else it's that this is what this is how it is it's no ifs or buts and everyone sort of falls in the line of Cameron Smith yeah well um, um, yeah I mean yeah I'm definitely taking Cameron Smith and I guess um, oh obviously that's no disrespect to Damian Cook in that regard and, and obviously you know like I said I was immediately thinking of. Josh Hodgson as well. If we're talking about versing a Super League team, well, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Cook before I would go Hodgson. Um, in all honesty, I'd say. I'd say the only they're, thing they're is I'm saying Hodgson because he's more. Not not like we're going to be comparing anyone to Cameron Smith, but he's he's plays a similar style yeah, to Cameron Smith than what Damian Cook does. 100%. Whereas Damian Cook is all electric and fast, and he he he'll find his he's transitioning at the moment to play a more conservative game of rugby league. I think. Um, as he loses his speed, as he gets a little bit older, which, I mean, we'll, we'll see that transition. You'll see him out. develop his kicking game a lot more as he gets older because he'll, he'll obviously start to slow down as as everyone does when they get a bit older. But yeah, I just want to get that question out. Um, no worries. Cor- well. Corey Walker, uh, you're welcome, mate. We've debated that on the podcast, and uh, everyone's entitled their opinion. But yeah, uh, us here at uh, Shed Press, uh, we're picking Cam Smith. Oh yeah, no worries. Um, I'm assuming from your statements there, Jacko, that Corey. He, he's on. a Damien Cook. He's, he's, um, 
He's he's yeah he's on the Damien Cook train. Um, yeah, fair I'm enough. Not, yeah, I'm not trying to say Damien Cook's a bad player, but Cameron Smith is in a league of his own at the moment. I mean, probably both teams win if they're coming up against the best of the Super League versus the best of the NRL. Yeah, definitely. I think the NRL t- wins whether they have Cam Smith or, or Damien, Damien Cook. Cook yeah. But yeah, if you're making a preference, you're taking Cam Smith for me. 100%. All right, no worries. Um, well, thank you very much, Jacko. Um, we'll, we'll see you in round three, mate. Mate, always a pleasure. Cheers, guys.